This is The Straight Dope, episode 32, 100%. Years ago, I was on a lot of podcasts talking about sports performance and achieving goals that had to do with endurance and kind of extreme sports activities that I was involved with. And there's this concept among athletes and performers in those realms of 100%. Now, what I mean by 100% is we could go back and audit your day from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed and describe everything you did minute by minute throughout that day. That's 100% of your day, your waking hours, right? We're going we're gonna to kind of leave it to the waking hours. You give 100% every single day. The minutes add up and you develop neural pathways that reinforce the activities that you do repeatedly over time, such that the ones that you do more get the stronger feedback and become easier to do, and the ones that you do less don't have as strong of a pathway. And some of those behaviors have nothing to do with what you want to do and what you hope to do and achieve. They have everything to do with what you actually do. That's why when you look on Instagram and social media, there's so many things selling you know, posture correcting some, something or others because people are sitting in front of a computer and when you audit their day, the majority of their time is held in a posture that their body reinforces. And that posture isn't necessarily helpful towards health goals and, and not having physical pain and so on and so forth. But it's driven neurologically and your body will reinforce and support the things that you do over time. Now, I think you get where I'm going with this, but if you want to be better at shooting, just like everything else, there has to be time invested, and that time invested has to be accounted for over time to justify the development towards achieving your goal. Now, you're already giving 100%, and sometimes in order to invest more time into an activity that's related to a goal, we need to think about where we're going uh, to borrow some of that 100% from to apply towards it. Now, fortunately, if you're anything like me, you've got a lot of time if you do an audit like that that's invested at just kind of looking out the window at the clouds or, or being spaced out driving, thinking about other things that could be redirected. And so what we need to do is reassess how we're thinking about our goals and how we're deriving neural pathways to support the activities that we actually want to accomplish. A tricky part here, though, is that a lot of shooters, myself, you, probably everyone else, are already investing time training, and that time training may not have an actual clear path towards achieving the goal that we're going towards. And so this is kind of a double-edged sword. One, you need to increase the time of conscious training that connects via kind of logical steps between where you are and where you want to be. But you can't just kind of do the random shit that you read about or the drills that someone else does if they don't connect where you are and where you want to be. Otherwise, you're going to be reinforcing skills and habits that lead you further away from your goal or less likely to achieve the goal than if you had a clear-cut path so that you could invest focused time and energy towards the final objective, which is whatever it is, shoot an elk at 
450 yards in the Colorado mountains or, um, you know, get a perfect score at an NRL silhouette match or, you know, shoot 90% at a PRS or whatever your shooting goals might be. And that's where I think we need to invest a little bit of time and thought. And this podcast was kind of spurred on by a couple questions about how to invest the appropriate time towards achieving a specific goal. To me, every goal is represented by a constellation of things that at least I'm aware of that lead towards that goal. Some of those are simply the science of ballistics. But again, like I've said before, the science of ballistics is kind of like this is the way shit works, but it has almost nothing to do with your ability to accomplish the goal because the discrepancy between the science and your skill level is probably such that uh, even if you had a perfect rifle, you'd still be performing around the level that you're performing at now. And that is because um, where shooting is now is largely skill and the level of, of equipment and performance out of the equipment that most of us can get is so good that um, it's nice to understand. It's nice to kind of be able to justify the left and right limits of the equipment that we're using. But it's not a surprise that when you look at performance, let's say at a PRS, if you take a good shooter like Morgan King, he'll take a 6.5 Creedmoor, he'll take a Dasher, he'll take whatever the fuck he wants because he knows that the left and right limits are pretty broad and that it's the application of skill that allows him to win the matches and that you can't buy performance. And so people thinking that they're going to go from 50th place to 10th place because they bought a new rifle are just spending money. They're wasting the just about everything and developing a habit that isn't going to be conducive towards accomplishing any goals uh, other than um, just spending money. To me, the first logical step is to figure out where you're at. And to me, like I mention every time, if you shoot multiple positions as you are going to and however your outlet is so that we kind of create a mock random position scenario, you get your shooter bracket. And like I mentioned in an early episode, the shooter bracket is the kind of mill subtension that you're using to bracket the size of your shot group from your point of aim. And that tells you the, the, the kind of where 100% of your shots are going to go into. Now, I get it. The more shots statistically mean that you're going to have a bigger group. But let's say you take 12 shots from four positions and your group is three inches. So now you've got a three MOA shooter bracket from, from your point of aim. And that gives you an educated starting point. Let's say that you want to perform well, kind of how I whittled this down. Now, it's not scientific, but, but it, it helps kind of keep the context of your goals in mind. One of the things that I did is I shot a match and I shot 76%. And I thought, gosh, you know, where does 76%, I'm going to shoot a bunch of rounds and I'm going to count 76% of those. You know, what, what size of a target do 76% of my shots fall into? And so the misses, I'm going to say, are, are you know outside of that. And the, the hits are inside of that. And I figured out that at the time, it was about one and a half MOA. And, and those of you who, who I was talking to, I made this little group. And I was saying, wow, you know, like, 
you know, 75, 76% of my shots are, are inside of one and a half MOA. And, you know, my, my misses are outside of one and a half MOA. So I'm going to start working build and break drills under time so that I can get um, 80%, 85%, 90%. And I still actually use one and a half MOA under stress as kind of where I draw the line in terms of expectation under stress of hit percentage, even though the target sizes tend to be different and, and it's kind of accounting for wind and, 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 and stress and all that stuff, it doesn't hurt to just take a benchmark and say, you know, what are your hit percentage goals? And right now, what is your hit percentage on that specific target size? This has nothing to do with science or statistics. It's just kind of giving you a base reference point. So that's going to be individual. All right, let's say, you know, you have to have a, a, a tangible goal. And so that tangible goal should probably be do a little bit better than the last time you were recorded doing something. And the easiest way to kind of get perspective is to go to a match, go to a local match, go to a, a, a regional or a big match. I would, I would recommend going to a local match and then get a hit percentage. You know, go have fun, do your best, but write down what your hit percentage was. How many shots did you take? And how many of those shots were impacts? That's it. Doesn't You don't need to worry about rank. Rank means nothing. Then, go shoot a craft drill and figure out the size of the circle that that hit percentage represents and work towards bringing more shots inside of that circle. And when you can do that consistently, day in and day out, go back to the match and see if your hit percentage change. I get it. The wind's going to be different. Uh, there might be a different course of fire, but over time you'll see that those averages and those percentages average out, right? And you will be able to carry it from one place to the other. And if you go somewhere else and it's lower, mark that down and now take the average of the two places. Say, okay, well, I'm 75% here, but there I'm 70%. So now I'm going for 72%. Or, you know, maybe the goal is 80%. And I've got a little bit, but you want to have small incremental gains, just like runners that add 10% per week when they're going for mileage. You want to have a goal that's attainable, not out of reach, but something that you can think about and isolate the components that are bugging you and keeping you from being able to achieve that, right? It's not necessarily a better load. It's probably not. I would bet money that it's not a load, not your scope, not your barrel, not your rifle. It's your technique. Thinking about your technique in a focused way and having those very small incremental hit percentage gains that you can track on paper will lead to confidence, and that confidence goes a long way. In fact, with the best shooters when I talk to, it always circles back to mindset. So I'm going to take a little detour here and talk a little bit about mindset stuff. Now, in other endeavors, I feel like I have an unbeatable mindset. If we're going to talk about a tough physical endurance psychological challenge, I, I, I would wager to say that I'm able to hold my own against any humans in, in that domain. But with shooting, my mindset isn't as developed and the goals aren't quite as tangible for me. And so I've been spending a lot of time reading about the effects of mindset on goals that to me seem much more uh, detailed and specific, less physical, I guess, because when, when my body can be involved, my mindset tends to stay good. But shooting, you're not using your body very much, right? If it were, then shooters would all look fit. And to me, mostly shooters look unfit 
right? So we're using our minds and we're using technique, but we're not really using our bodies uh, all that all that intensely. And I'm not I'm not saying that you know I'm, I'm necessarily like saying that it's bad. I'm just saying that it's different and it's something that I haven't invested as much time in. But there's been some really recent um, articles on the placebo effect in the mind and the effect that the mind has on not only your body, but, but, but goals uh, in general. And so I'm going to regurgitate uh, a couple things that I've read about. One you may have heard of uh, because it's been circulating, at least in my circles, it's been, it's been discussed uh, since it came out. And, and it was uh, these, these researchers thinking about the placebo effect on uh, physiology, right? And, and I, I tend to fall back on physiology because my background is in, in biochemistry and, and, and anatomy physiology. So I like that stuff. And there was a, a, a research study done on um, hotel uh, maids or, or uh, housekeepers or room, whatever you call them. And they asked them, you know, do you get a lot of exercise? How much exercise do you get? And most of them self-assessed that their exercise was either zero to like, you know, three or something like that on a scale of one to 10. It was very low self-assessment of exercise and they were fatigued and tired all the time. And they measured blood markers for metabolic uh, proteins that are associated with, with various, you know, health and activity um, uh, uh, pathways. And then the the researchers separated. This was it was a lot. It was a lot of, of people that that were involved in this career path, and um, half of them were removed, and they were educated as to the positive health effects of moving and you know moving throughout the day and calories burned and, and aerobic and so on and so forth. And they were educated, and then they were po- they pointed them out to the fact that they were actually getting quite a bit of exercise throughout their day simply because of their work. And, and, and they just didn't say that to the other group. And then they kept measuring them over time. And the ones that were educated as to the positive effects of their work, with nothing else added to their life other than being educated to the fact that actually what they were doing was exercise. It was healthy. It did contribute to all of these markers that scientists have associated with longevity and health. They started to lose weight. And show signs of reduced blood pressure and less stress and more energy just because they were educated as to the positive effects of the things that they're already doing. Now think about that. Your mind has the ability to literally change how your body deals with itself because you were educated about something that you didn't know about that you were already doing. Think about what's our, what our minds might be holding us back from achieving just because we don't realize that what we might already be doing could be beneficial. And think about the effects of if we change our thought process and we educate ourselves as to what we need to do to get better, that it could have a profound impact on the outcomes of the things that we would like to happen. Now, I say this because I like to fall back on science and I don't like to just fall back on the math and physics of, of how a bullet flies through the air. But I like to think about the effects of our mind on achieving goals. And all of us, if you're listening to this, want to shoot better. But how we think about our shooting has a profound effect on the outcome of our shooting. And I didn't think much about just positive thinking because I'm not really just a positive thinker. If you ask me, I'm not going to be like, you know, it's all good, bro. And wow, that's awesome. Um, 
that's just not my, my personality. I'm very curious and I ask a lot of questions. But we need to think carefully about how we invest our 100% towards the goals that we want by thinking objectively about progress. And so this is what I'm thinking. You know, I've said before, like if, if I, I, don't, I don't teach shooting classes and I, and I, and I don't plan to, but, but I've been chewing on the idea of, of, of coaching kind of a, a small group of people to performance with metrics based on some of the data and things that I've been, I've been uh, researching because I really do think that with very careful assessment, showing shooters how they're progressing, taking consistent and regular measurements of some of these points that build the constellation towards their goals, I do think that we could raise the bar in performance beyond where it is now and, you know, take basically the mid-pack and put them all in the top 20 so that hit percentages, target courses of fire will have to, 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 to grow with the sport, but we have to prove it by doing it. And, um, you know, like also, like I've mentioned, you know, I don't have any particular talent in shooting and I have really diverse goals. And so right now I'm, I'm trying to maintain a massively wide base of all styles of shooting rather than specialize in a niche performance. So I'm asking you guys to start thinking about, you know, what your specific goals might be, at least in the short term, let's say a year. And what are the elements associated with that? And how do you think about and self-assess those subcritical elements? Can you build any position? Do you, do you think of any positions as something that you're not good at? And how do you change your mindset so that not only do you think that you're good at it, but you can prove it with paper target results showing, hey, I've been working on kneeling, I've been working on seated, and look at this, my group's getting smaller and smaller. I do get feedback from shooters, but you know, with the podcast now, we're around 10,000 listeners. So 10,000 of you probably like to shoot, and you probably like to shoot regularly. Can we track those metrics and track the other metrics associated with the goal that you have in mind and create a mental framework such that you can show yourself, not only are you getting better, but if there are things that you're doing all the time that are showing no improvement, maybe that needs to be taken out of your 100% and something else needs to be put back into your 100%. Because I think that within that limited time frame, we should be able to see and quantify growth towards those goals. And if you're not seeing any growth, it means that you're investing time and energy in the wrong thing. Because Training towards goals really should be a constant slope of growth in terms of data. There shouldn't be plateaus. If you develop a plateau in anything, it's because you're doing something wrong and thinking about it wrong. And some of you might actually be putting too much time into things that don't need any time into and not enough time into others. Um, so your mind is going to play a big role in the outcomes and the time it takes you to go from point A to point B. But you still have to put in the reps to develop the neural pathways so that you can free up kind of that cognitive space between where you are and where you want to be. So as homework, I want you to isolate the components that you think r relate to your goal. And then think about, you know, what you think in terms of your skill versus, you know, the goal that you want. If you want to shoot you know, for me, I'm shooting around 90%, unless something psychologically affects me. Working on it, 
but I know that, it, you know, if I have a decent day, I'm shooting around 90%. I've shot 92, I've shot 88, but I'm pretty much a 90% shooter. And I want it to be higher. You know, I'd like it to be 95%, and then I'd like the time to go down. So I'm trying to think about what are the things that I positively self-assess and what are the things that I have negative self-assessment? How do I turn that negative self-assessment around so that it will work for me rather than against me? Those are the things that we can do with our day and with our training, even if you're not at the range, to start to create that positive feedback system so that our mind and body can actually do the things that our weapon systems are already capable of, right? And, and I'm convinced of that. It's your mind and your body that are going to create the pathways to allow you to shoot closer to the ability of your rifle system. If you tinker with the rifle system, it's not going to do anything for your shooting ability or your mind. Well, it might, you might have the confidence in your ability, but, but really, like, the difference between, you know, the expectations of a quarter-inch gun and a half-inch gun for most shooters isn't a shootable difference, right? You, you can't, you, if you grabbed each one of those, you're going to shoot probably just the same. And so working on the things that you can control that's where the big difference is going to come as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, until I figure out how to have like a coaching subgroup and, and actually prove it quantifiably by raising the bar for however many people, handful of people, um, I want you guys to just do it for yourself, right? You can, I mean, it helps to have a coach and it helps to have, you know, kind of a small group that's able to work hard towards that stuff. But I think that, that you could do it on your own. So you don't need somebody. Sometimes it helps to have help. You know, when I was a competitive swimmer, you know, swimmers need coaches because you can't watch yourself swim and it, and it helps to have somebody there walking along the pool watching you, uh, watching your technique. And, and same thing with, with every element of life. But I think that right now a lot of the things that are sold and offered to people are more like giving them fish rather than teaching them how to fish. And I think that this approach is going to teach you how to fish rather than just handing you a bunch of fish. You know, if I if I let you come train on my course of fire for a week or two weeks or three weeks or, or four times a year or six times a year, like you're going to perform well on my range for sure. But that might not translate elsewhere. But if I can teach you how to shoot well and how to think about your assessment and your goals, not only will you develop the confidence and be able to prove to me over time on paper and outside that you're, you're, you're getting better as a shooter, but that'll be something that you can pick up and take anywhere and be able to demonstrate it. And if you have a specific outlet, that'll be a little bit easier to do than if you have a broad outlet because you know that takes more time. But that, that all comes down to those personal choices that you're making. So what I'd like to hear from some of you guys are what are the subsets and things that are required in order for you to accomplish the goal. And, and that could be like, you know, if you go out for, the, for a whole day, let's say you go out and shoot for 12 hours, that has to do with fitness, diet, hydration, mental concentration. Maybe you need music. Maybe you don't need music. Maybe you need, you know, comfortable clothes. So, so you know, it, it could have to do with things other than shooting because your mindset is affected by all of those things. Um, different food and drinks are definitely going to have a huge effect on your ability to stay focused towards that goal. But also, you know, what are the size of the targets? What are your hit percentage expectations and so on and so forth? So 
develop baby step markers from where you are based on where you are now or your or your last kind of tangible measurement. Take some paper measurements, correlate the two a little bit so that you could prove one on paper and then go back and see if that has helped. And then you want to have a track record of being able to do that over the course of multiple days. I would say if on paper you're able to show that you've improved, you know, the, the diameter of the circle that you're shooting in that particular hit percentage, if it, if it shrunk over the course of 10 separate range days, then it's probably worth going back and checking. But if all you did was think about it and shoot paper once, you probably haven't grown enough. Right? You need to develop the pathways and habits that are repeatable before you go back and, and do that next performance measurement. Um, but that's a thought based on a question that came out, and, and that's the approach uh, kind of just sitting down here in the basement and winging off an answer off the top of my head. That's how I would, repo that's how I would approach developing a coaching program and that's how I would deal individually with every member. It would be isolate the goal, isolate where they're at, develop a, a series of quantifiable components that are, are, are technical and psychological, reinforce those back and forth over time such that you could show that you will for sure, you know, I'll put money on it, perform better next time. And... I think you can do that. I think I can do that. And I think that we should all do it and, and just show that, that we can raise the bar through careful and measured goal setting. Anyway, uh, if, you, if you like this, like and subscribe, share. Uh, I've noticed that some ratings are coming out on the podcast media. So if you like the podcast, you know, go give it a five-star rating or, or not. Uh, some people didn't, uh, which, you know, I appreciate the feedback. Um, it's nice to see that people are, I mean, I, I, I see that people are listening. We got 10,000 listeners and they keep coming back. So if you keep coming back and you don't like it, like you got serious issues uh, and should probably see a psychologist. But if you come back because you're getting tidbits, that's awesome because that's the goal. And if you want to support it, go to Riflecraft, buy a shirt. We've got three shirts there now get a subscription. It'll give you shooter bracket. It'll give you analytics. It'll give you graphing, multiple calibers, positional assessments, and more as things come out. But I, I you know, it, you know, it costs about as much as letting me shoot, you know, mag of your ammo. So, uh, if, if, if that's not something that you want to do, then just keep coming back and keep giving me feedback on things I can talk about. And I don't like to rehearse these too much. Cause I think that, you know, it's nice to just kind of spout off ideas and then see what works and what doesn't. And, and it'll be cool to see if you guys can come back with components that create your shooting constellation that you can isolate and work on. And if you can't quantify them, maybe they're not important and shouldn't be a part of your 100%.